Hi, and welcome to SoundingTheLight.com, the place where you can connect to real artists, real stories, real talk. Today, we'll be hearing from Jason Barrows, a Midwest singer-songwriter and the lead guitarist in Josh Garrell's band, about his musical journey and his album titled Islands of My Soul. My name is Tara Tucker. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you. What a great day to be hanging out with each other here on SoundingTheLight.com. I am excited to share with you uh, the guest interview that I have today. As you heard just a bit ago, um, the artist is named Jason Barrows. If you haven't heard his stuff yet, I'm happy that I get to bring it to you. His interview was just great, and um, (laughs) it's kind of a long one. Uh, Normally, I try to keep uh, these interviews to between 30 and 40 minutes, but uh, he just had so much good things to say, and I really loved hearing his conversion story and uh, in the music that he had to share, so I just decided to leave most of it in there for you to enjoy, too. Uh, As I also mentioned, he is the lead guitarist for Josh Garrels. And uh, wow, that already is, is, you know, I mean, what a thing to put on your list of, you know, things I've done in life. (laughs) Uh, But besides that, he put out his own album not too long ago called Islands of My Soul. I love this album. It's it's very unique. Uh, It kind of takes you on a journey. I love the fact that some of the songs have this sort of sweeping landscape feel with uh, synthesizers and guitars and a lot of reverb. And then in one of the songs, I swear, I feel like I am standing in a dusty street in the middle of an old Western town about to watch a duel. (laughs) Um, But the theme that ties all of these just very unique songs together is the story of redemption and uh, just so beautiful. It's exciting. Uh, You just kind of want to go on the journey with him. So can't wait to share these songs. And as usual, one of the best reasons to come listen to these interviews is that you get to hear the backstories of the songs, along with all of Jason's experiences and uh, just some of the beautiful things that he shares from his heart. So this first song, very aptly, is also the first song of his album, and this one is called Voyagers. Sit back, enjoy, listen, and we'll get into the interview right after this. Corners of the soul 
Depending all of your fear and set sail for city of light. Now the door to those lands is the heart that you carry inside. Jason, welcome to Sounding the Light, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Glad to be here. So how long have you been living in the Midwest? Uh, I have been here all my life. I um, am from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh-huh. and uh, moved up here um, when I was about 10 and went back there and uh, briefly kind of took care of my grandma, you know, and, but I've mostly lived in Indianapolis um, for my adult life, at least. Okay. So do you have a favorite memory from your growing up years? You know, it's funny, as an adult, you know, I moved down into the city, and I lived in the city for the last 10 years. Um, well, I grew up in a sort of, like, underdeveloped, like, part of the suburbs, mm-hmm. you know. So it was pretty wild and dreamy, you know. We had, yeah. like, big, huge woods, you know, that we could sort of escape into. And, you know, we would go out there and, you know, ride bikes and awesome. get into trouble and stuff <laughs> like that. So, Did you do a lot of exploring? Yeah, you know, my favorite memory of the Midwest is just like having a huge, you know, almost backyard that was just undeveloped, you know, with like a lake and all that stuff. So it was really fun. So as you were growing up, when was it that you first discovered music and how much you loved it? You know, um, I grew up in a home that, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who grew up in like their families were really into music or they, you know, parents played music and um, um, I did not have that luxury, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were just a very, like, non-musical family. Nobody really was into music. Nobody listened to music. And so when I was in high school, um, you know, I remember, uh, you know, first, like, hanging around my friend's older brothers and you know, they give you like a steady diet of classic rock, you know, and <laughs> teach you about, you know, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones and, mm-hmm. of course, the Beatles, you know. And of course. So in high school, you know, we began to listen to that. And, you know, another big thing that had a huge influence on me was skateboarding. Uh-huh. Um, being a skateboarder, you know, we, we like watched all these, you know, famous old skateboard videos and, you know, it was really cool because music, there was all this great, they had these great soundtracks, you know, the skate videos. And <laughs> it was sort of like music was married with this um, thing, like that mm-hmm. you grew up, that you had a fondness for. Mm-hmm. And so it helped develop, I think, an even stronger attachment, you know, um, for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was a big part of it. So when did you find out? that you could play guitar? Because obviously you <laughs> play pretty darn good. <laughs> How did that happen? Well, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's funny, the, the guy who, uh, you know, I, when I was, uh, like, sort of coming out of high school, I moved in um, with my friend's dad, and um, he was just sort of like a father to me, you know, and uh, we would hang out in the den every night, and he would play, you know, acoustic guitar, and played Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen and, mm-hmm. you know, famous songs from the 90s. And, yeah. you know, I had never, I mean, I had been a huge fan of music for so long, um, but um, I had never, like, kinesthetically been around it, like mm-hmm. somebody playing music. I went to a lot of concerts, you know, but, you know, when you're 17, you can afford, like, the cheapest ticket and stand <laughs> And they, you know, shove you as far in the back as possible. So I didn't have, (laughs) yeah, I didn't have as much of like a kinesthetic experience until then. And I remember sitting down in the den with those guys um, and just like watching them play Mm. guitar and talk about songwriting and um, 
you know, I just was remember just being sort of mystified, you know, <laughs> by it. So at that point, you know, I, I picked up a guitar and um, that was a big like transitional point in life where I came into the faith. And so I was sort of brand new musician and, um, you know, who still like had just this love for music and then coming into the faith, you know, it's the first time I saw like a, like the band at church, you know, mm-hmm. and so that had a big influence too, just um, being this guy who showed up kind of rough around the edges and mm-hmm. cut from like listening to classic rock and to church music. <laughs> that was a big, <laughs> that was a huge transition it's a whole culture there, shock. you know. <laughs> yeah, no, big time. So, mm-hmm. you know, and at that point, you know, I just, uh, I began to play, you know, some in church and yeah. I still played you know, in bands and stuff like that. And so I was fortunate at that point to have, a, you know, a lot of cool people around me, you know, over the years who just sort of inspired me, you know. Yeah, that's very cool. So you were talking about finding your faith. How was it that you first met Jesus? You know, I like grew up in a home. Uh, none of my family went to church. Um, my grandma was Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, we, and so we went to church with her, you know, from time to time. And, um, but, uh, you know, I had never experienced, um, I had never experienced really like the Christian faith, mm-hmm. um, at all. And, you know, it was at a like pretty transitional point in my life, you know, sort of walking out of just a lot of like issues from growing up. And, um, I was a pretty like, I was, you know, typical, like troubled kind of teenager, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and so I remember one night I like found, uh, I was out at like a, a show at somebody's house, like big show they were having with a bunch of bands and, uh, was just kind of going through a lot and kind of needed to get away and, you know, snuck in somebody's garage just to sort of get away and, um, sat down on this couch and there was sort of a box in front of me and, uh, and it had, um, a bunch of, books in it by like C.S. Lewis and mm. you know, some of these other like sort of Christian mystic authors, you know, from yeah. history. And I remember picking up one of the books and just sitting there and reading it. And um, I think at that point, you know, to being like a young man, I was just on a search for something much deeper, you know, than mm-hmm. um, than music and what, you know, sort of trouble that I've been getting into could offer me. And, um, so I actually stole the book <laughs> and took it home with me. And, uh, I like, you know, awesome. spent like a good amount of time, like pouring over, um, this and I like found the little Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and, but growing up, like nobody ever tapped me on the shoulder and said, they're like, Hey, you know, if you want to learn, you know, about Jesus, or if you want to learn, um, about faith, like you should try going to a church, you know, mm-hmm. it's just something that, mm-hmm. um, it never occurred to me, you know? And so I spent a lot of time on my own just reading and growing. And um, and so uh, at that point, I was out. Um, it was a pretty spectacular way that God sort of, you know, um, intervened in my life that, you know, I was sort of like into some trouble, you know, with the wrong people and um, was in a car one afternoon, like, with this guy who ended up like being in the middle of a drug deal and he pulled into a church parking lot and, you know, I was just in there with my skateboard and kind of listened to music in a car, turning around going, where are we? You know? And wow. I turned around and it was in front of a, a vineyard church, which is like a non-denominational church. Yes. And, I'm familiar with them too. Yeah. And so I walked into the church, you know, uh, <laughs> against the wishes of my friends, you know, who are with me and, um, and sort of everything unfolded from there. That was the first time I ever heard um, somebody actually like preach the gospel and talk about mm-hmm. all the things I've been reading and sort of seeking. And um, at that point, my life just changed forever. You know, I, wow. I when God like intervened in a really powerful way that I, you know, I really never had a desire to go back to the lifestyle that I lived mm-hmm. before. You know, it's my conversion was just so electric, you know, um, that, uh, that I knew that like 
this was the reason I was created. Wow. So at that point, I just beelined in a different direction and, you know, of course, had opportunities to open it up for me. And um, I was a part of the church, that church, for a long time and um, sort of actually stepped away. And that's when I met Josh um, Garrels. Yeah. Was, um, okay. We lived, you know, in the same city, um, pretty close to one another. And, um, you know, I had never really thought, like, oh, I need to, maybe now it's time for me to step out of the vineyard and a friend invited me to this church that he had just started um, down in the city. And that's sort of how we met one another. We came from very similar um, upbringing in terms of just like sort of being on like a a bad path, you know, for Mm -hmm. our life and um, the Lord intervening sort of in this electric way. And uh, that was where we, met each other and there's just a ton of synergy as new believers mm-hmm. and you know yeah. we didn't gr- go we didn't go to you know christian colleges or we didn't um you know grow up in the church and so you know we were just two guys who were radically in love with jesus and oh, just didn't it. have the i don't think we had the like baggage you know that yeah. maybe some people who have been around it their whole life or have been you know sort of it's been forced upon them maybe mm-hmm. or um or maybe they just took it for granted, you know, it was something that that's sort of how we um, formed our friendship, you know, in relationship. Are you still playing with him uh, in his band? You're his guitarist? Yeah, correct. So Josh is actually from, uh, oh, he's from all over, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) But he spent a a large portion of his life in Indiana. And, um, you know, at that, in that church, like a lot of us met. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I play lead guitar, um, for him and um, on tour and help work with him in the studio and the records. And, wow, that's um, really that cool. Just, yeah, it's just been a huge blessing. And, you know, we were um, friends for a really long time. And recently, about, you know, about two years ago, we sort of, uh, he was in town for a friend's wedding and we just reconnected in a really strong way. And he was getting ready to record the record home or already had begun the process of it. Mm-hmm. And so invited me out to Portland to to work on the record and and so it was fun, you know. I felt like oh, I I've bet. known him for a long time and, you know, had a deep respect for um his appreciation for music and mm-hmm. how eccentric it is and um his appreciation for the depth of faith and so working with him is, you know, in addition to just being a huge honor. I mean, I was always a, a great fan of his music and admired him as a friend, you know and his work ethic, but, you know, just, uh, it was fun because I felt like I sort of, you know, had this, uh, longer friendship and relation to all these obscure music influences that he's mm-hmm. been, you know, into for such a long time. And, yeah. you know, so we set out to make the record, you know, it was so fun. Um, it was just a super fun process. So a bunch of the guys who play, um, in the band, um, all live here in Indianapolis. So my, synthesizer and keyboard player um jonathan class who's also an engineer and producer um we pulled him in this year and then jay kirkpatrick is the longest standing member he's one of josh's best friends he plays bass and accordion and banjo and oh my that's he was, in, he was in the film um the scene in between and then uh lauren lemmy is just an awesome awesome indianapolis drummer um we uh, we finally decided to pull him in, and man, he's just—it's so great having him in the band. He's just the guy can just do anything, you know. <laughs> so, does this take up a lot of your time? Is it full time? Uh, you know, we don't tour as much. I think is there's like a perception of like if you're in a like a rock band or something mm-hmm. like that, people just think like you live on a tour bus or something mm-hmm. like that constantly, and um, our. Our touring, or specifically Josh's touring, um, when I'm with him, um, is um, is a lot more um, sort of targeted and intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like you're either one of two ways where you're a band who's playing on tour for you know months and months and months at a time, um, playing smaller shows and lots and lots of them, um, or um, or like you'd be a bit more intentional and book large shows um, and have them be a bit more, be a bit more spaced out, you know? Yeah. Uh, in Speaking of all of that, you guys just finished up, I guess, the Revelators tour. 
That's correct. Yeah, it was such a fun tour. How was it? Where'd you guys go? Oh, I tell you what, you hit a certain point where like you, they send you a list of dates and like maybe you remember <laughs> one or two of them and you know when you're looking at them and then you just get on the tour bus and uh-huh. where, where are we? <laughs> it you all know? starts melding or together. Where, where are we going tomorrow? Because <laughs> um, a lot of them are. I mean, I'm from Indiana, which some people don't even know exists. You know, <laughs> people in California are like, yeah, that's like. Uh, it's like over there in the middle somewhere, like by the Great Lakes or something, right? Like they don't even know, uh-huh. you know where it is, you know. Um, um, yeah, so we went, we did primarily like Midwest mm-hmm. and um, and then some heading down south, like in Nashville. And uh, we played a big show in Atlanta. Hey, my and, stomping um, grounds. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, I bet. Yeah, your people were good to us. That <laughs> night. They were they were one of the most fun audiences we played for. Oh, I that's mean, awesome! They just partied and had such a good time. And, and <laughs> so it did was did really you get fun. any y'alls and bless your hearts? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Being from Indiana, we're we're just like the you know fatherless child of like accent or anything like that. You know, we're just sort of vanilla you know um, <laughs> right oh my goodness wow so that was with uh josh garrell's band and john mark mcmillan yeah correct so we formed a friendship with him like over the last year and he's just such a gracious guy and he's become a close friend of ours and he came out i mean we were all um fans of his music you know mm-hmm. um big fans and uh he's just a, such a amazing writer you know i think that uh people who are out there really like writing about faith he's probably he's probably my favorite Mm -hmm. um and was a huge influence of mine personally and uh so it was fun you know he just became a good friend he came out and visited us uh, at a show in charlotte and uh you know of course some of the guys in the band were like oh my gosh john mark mcmillan is at our show you know and he came and we just hung out you know went to the pub afterwards and just talked and you know oh, sort of fun. dreaming about doing a tour together and so it was it was 14 dudes wow. <laughs> switched on a bus together wow. for two weeks and but man we just became really close friends and you know it was oh, they were some great. they were some really powerful shows so jason in the middle of all of this touring and everything you have also put out your own album when was that a couple of years ago or is, is it just a year so yeah it was about i think it was about a year and a half ago yeah okay and this one is called islands of my soul and i would love to hear how you began writing this album did you have the concept of it when you first began or did it just come as you were writing um you know, uh, I mean, I've always had a huge love, you know, for records and making records. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so for a long time, I was a worship, just a worship leader um, mm-hmm. in in churches. And um, I worked some with IHOP and worked oh, awesome. some regional, regionally with Bethel. And, um, and uh, you know, I was a part of like a small community here. Um, we would have these like kind of basement nights, like 40 or 50 people in the basement. And uh, it was such a great place because there were, you know, sort of no regulations on like as a worship leader, mm-hmm. you know, what you could do. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, I've always been a songwriter and always helped write, you know, for other bands or, um, and I had put out a previous record to this. It was um, predominantly just like sort of more of like a worship record okay. um, with an, uh, with an old band and, um, and so, you know, I had this point in my life that, um, uh, while I like to have a deep appreciation for worship, I, I wanted to begin to like write music about faith that, um, was a bit more personal, like mm-hmm. from my own personal experience. And so the songs were really pretty personal. I didn't really ever play them out anywhere. And I wasn't touring. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a band. There's definitely a part of you as an artist that, you know, I mean, we're, artists tend to be, you know, like insecure people, yes, you know, like we, so. you know, we're like, everybody wants to be celebrated, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, in a healthy way, you know, not in a vain way, but, and so as I began to like unveil these songs, there's definitely a part of, you know, I think an artist that says, man, is anybody going to 
get this because like I, I get it you know it makes <laughs> sense to me like the story makes sense to me it came mm-hmm. out of my heart you know but mm-hmm. um is anybody gonna get this you know and um so I just started one by one um with those songs and um my friends just began to respond and people were asking for recordings of them and hmm. you know I only had my own like demos and small like recordings and so um at that point you know, I decided, I think I'm like ready to make a record. I have enough of these to make a record. And, um, you know, at that point like I didn't have enough finances, you know, mm-hmm. to like do some big, huge record. And honestly, like it was sort of my first approach and so I needed something manageable. So making the smaller, um, seven song release was mm-hmm. great. And that's when I, I pulled in John and, you know, Jonathan class who plays keys for, um, me, and he's my engineer and helped produce the record. Um, awesome. You know, we just got in his bedroom, you know, and uh, and just sat there in, in a very relaxed environment that very much mirrored my natural creative environment, car right at home, hmm. you know. So, yeah, and at that point, you know, we uh, finished the record and then went ahead and, and put it out, you know. The first song, um, which we actually just heard before this interview began, is the one called Voyagers. And uh, I would love to hear the backstory on this, um, where you got the inspiration from for this one. You know, I think everybody has got a longing inside of them for sort of the like the great beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we see this mirrored um, in society, in uh, you know, with um, even like this year, like movies like Interstellar, you know, yeah. that are sort of this existential, you know, like longing and seeking. And, you know, we see it in great novels, you know, Lord of the Rings or um, Chronicles of Narnia. Like everybody is longing for this um, greater um, experience that there's this sort of great beyond out there. Yeah. And, um, I think it's a challenge, like, right about heaven because, you know, nobody can say I've been there Mm -hmm. and I can speak firsthand, Mm -hmm. you know, like what the afterlife is or, you know, but we have this experience, you know, as Christians with the Holy Spirit, you know, that um, we experience this whole other part of life, you know, that is um, divine, you know, like Mm -hmm. the Lord invites us into the divine life and the divine relationship. And so... I had I wanted to write a song that um, sort of captured this for me, and um, and I like things that are you know like all great novels that are shrouded like in a little like mm-hmm. bit of mystery. Yes. You know? um, yeah, I never um, wanted to like hide my faith, you know, um, mm-hmm. behind the wall. Um, but I like something that you know causes the listener to have to um, dig a little bit. Yeah. Yeah to lean in a bit more, you know, yeah. and to ask questions of their own. And and then sonically, you know, we, I, you know, have always loved things that are just um, really like beautiful and sweeping. And so, you know, we just did our best, you know, trying to create this sort of uh, almost um, ambient, you know, sort of swelling, you know, environment in the song that lends itself to that sort of reaching out, you know? Yes. Yes, the music, absolutely, even before the words began, you can just feel it. And uh, really, really good pairing. Thanks so much. Um, Another song that I would actually like to share right now is the one called Promised Land. It's a very soft, quiet song, but wow, it just just pulls you in and grabs at your heart. So uh, can you talk a little bit about this one? Sure. Um, you know, it's probably one of my favorite songs to record on the record. And um, I've always been a huge fan of, of very quiet music, mm-hmm. you know, um, or I guess it's better for uh, like music that makes you feel still. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a believer, you know, I haven't been a Christian like my whole life. You know, that was mm-hmm. a radical electric transition. And so, you know, you're sort of, experiencing church for the first time, learning about the Bible for the first time, thinking about creation for the first time, learning how all this coincides with these like relationships, and then the big wide world out there mm-hmm. that um, doesn't necessarily like share the same faith. 
And um, while I have seen lots and lots of um, beauty and new life um, and salvation, you know, the longer you walk, the more you begin to see like, oh, like there, there's trouble here as well. And yes. um, there are things that there are mountains we have to learn how to climb and questions we have to learn how to answer. And so um, there were things, you know, that or people who've been hurt, you know, or me being hurt, you know. And, uh, and so I wanted, you know, to just look at um, faith and some of these questions that I had. Um, and, you know, I think historically there's a lot of music, like when somebody is uh, – you know, sort of oppressed, you know, whether it's like by um, society or like by the government or by another person or like by their lover, you know, mm-hmm. like um, the tendency is to lash out like mm-hmm. in anger, you know, and to lash out um, with a sort of fighting response, you know, and um, not that it's not okay to put up a fight, but, you know, I wanted a song that could in a very still way, like look at some of these things that I think that everybody can relate to, you know, whether even you're a believer or not. Um, and ultimately, you know, that sweeping chorus is, um, is about redemption. You know, it's remaining focused on redemption while you're like looking at all these questions. I'm a man Sent from the promised land Here to tell you all the secrets of the universe I'm the master plan Wouldn't understand If you won't even love your brother Burying yourself in comfort gold It's meaningless Cause everyone knows Maybe they don't that redemption is the high road And you never pay one bleeding dime So children laugh and sing Fill it with light I've already paid the price for your life Don't carry the cost on to the That redemption is the high road 
You never pay one bleeding dime So children laugh and sing Fill it with light I've already paid the price for your lies Don't carry the cost on to the end going back and forth with you earlier today, you mentioned something about being in the studio again with another project. Is this another one of your your personal projects? You're, are you working on another album? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. You uh, you reached out at the golden moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been writing over the last you know year, like in my private time, like when I'm not on tour with Josh or when I'm not playing um, my own shows. Um, you know, just been writing and um, sort of creating and beginning to dream about like the next record. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, we go into the studio um, this weekend. You know, now I have a band like Josh. That's know, awesome. Like, uh, I have a band now. And so we'll be in the studio and just sort of taking our time, beginning to, um, you know, flesh out the new record. And um, again, another, you know, just collection of personal songs and, this time we'll be like in an actual studio, you know, like we have an actual studio now. And you're going to be working with so, the same uh, producer. I will. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a lot more gear to make cool <laughs> sounds and uh, make it weirder and, you know, uh-huh. and uh, more fun. And so, yeah, so we'll be starting that this week and um, well, that's exciting. I'll be working on it. Um, I love working on records in the spring. You know, like hmm. it's just starting to get warm out, so yeah. that like rebirth is happening, and so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, that is great. Well, you know, I, I don't want to ask you to reveal too much, but can you tell us a little bit about what's going on, or do you want to keep it under wraps until it's done? Sure. I mean, I suppose I can let the lid off the touch. You know? <laughs> Exclusive for standing the light listeners. Josh and I always talk about this. It's like there's a reluctance to like share something until it's like come yeah. to this sort of a point of completion where you're like, okay, I feel safe. You know. Mm-hmm. I get that. You know, I think there's been a lot of the, um, you know, being around Josh and um, having the band now and like spending the tour with John Mark and you know we've toured mm-hmm. with a ton of other awesome artists this year you know we um played shows with gunder we played shows oh, with so nice. wickham um united pursuit the brilliance and oh, so being around all these musicians people. you know yeah this year like was a it was a, a really inspiring year for me and um and so you know i feel like i'm trying to sort of create my own little niche you know mm-hmm. um in the like sort of independent music community and within our little family, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, I have just another collection of songs that are, um, you know, like just dealing with, I think as we walk through life, I just am seeing, you know, things that my friends walk through 
or sort of like as you become an adult, new sort of ideas, you know, and a lot of that, my time with the Lord is like dreaming going, okay, like what's going on out here that I'm feeling like I need to figure out, you know, and when I feel like I need to figure something out, that's when I start writing a song about it, you know. Mm-hmm. The first song we'll be working on um, probably this week is a song called Never Forget. And, um, you know, I like stuff that starts off kind of slow and just, you know, kind of swells and builds to, you know, yeah. this gradual driving, you know, um, sort of rock and roll almost, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the difference between Josh and I is, um, you know, Josh is much more of soul and mm-hmm. folk music and um, singer-songwriter, and I tend to err more on the side of, like, you know, iconic sort of rock big. and roll, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love I love rock and roll. And uh-huh. so a lot of it is how can I, you know, marry these ideas of faith together with, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know. And so we'll be, first thing we're working on is, uh, not sure where it'll end up on the record yet, but um, uh, the record's going to be called Electric Infinity. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, again, like, uh, you know, I sort of spoke about, like, my, you know, conversion into faith and, Mm. like, growing up listening to all this iconic, you know, um, music that was experimental at the time, you know, bands like Pink Floyd and, um, you know, who were sort of, like, pushing the boundaries of, you know, what people did sonically. And so it is, it's sort of my, like, tip of the hat, you know, to, Mm -hmm. like, the marriage of... I mean, I, I love everybody sees faith differently. Every writer, whether mm-hmm. it's literature or, you know, whether they're a painter, every picture is different, you know? And so this is my sort of, you know, the way I view faith, you know, through the lens of sort of like this sort of psychedelic music and, you know, yeah. expansive kind of rock and roll, you know? Oh, that's great. I like that perspective a lot. So how long are you expecting this to take to put together? You know, um, this is literally, this will literally be the first day in the studio. And so, you know, you walk a line between, uh, like I want to be professional and like pick a date to release it. And, you know, (laughs) but I think a lot of albums took like a lot of time to like people sort of slaved over a record, you know? Mm And, um, and so I think that we're, we're sort of trying to take a step back from like, um, having like specific time expectations, you know, cause the songs are written and like we've played them, you know, in practice together as a band. But when you step into the studio is when you can really begin to like experiment. Oh yeah. Really build on what you got. Yeah. Giving ourselves the grace and freedom exactly to build on what we have and, um, and really sort of like take them as far as they can go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think we'll be recording, um, through the spring you know that's my hope at least you know it's, uh, um, who knows maybe we'll get in there and it'll just all happen really quick you know <laughs> sometimes it works that way yeah um, well that's very exciting i'm so glad i you know got to kind of catch you at the beginning side here it's great yeah we're excited um i would like to share actually one last song uh, before we end the interview. And uh, this is the one called Golden Light. And you were talking about how much you like songs that kind of start small and then build into this, you know, grand thing. And this song, I love this song for that, because it starts, you know, like almost with almost like this little glimmer of light. And by the end of it, it has built into this exhilaration, which is just gorgeous. So can you can you tell us a little bit about this one? Sure. Um, you know, it's funny. That song actually started out incredibly quiet. It was just mm-hmm. a song I would play on acoustic guitar um, for my friends. And, um, you know, like the song in and of itself is um, like through my life, like anxiety was something that I uh, like had always dealt with, you know, mm-hmm. for a long period of my life. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially in modern society. I mean, there's just sort of anxiety everywhere. And Mm -hmm. so the lyrics and that are me personally sort of, uh, I guess, like unraveling my anxiety. And, and, you know, the chorus really sort of resonates um, with that where, you know, we don't know like what the future holds for us, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, things can go, um, wonderful or things can go ill, you know, at mm-hmm. any moment. 
and learning to just to rest in that place, you know, like the chorus says, I don't mind that I can't see the way the wind is moving, you know? Yes. Um, and I uh, actually wrote that song of, uh, we have a really beautiful um, art museum here in Indianapolis. And, you know, from time to time I'll go there with my headphones on and, um, and just walk around because it's very still there and, and just look at um, paintings. And so I was looking at a lot of like French impressionist paintings mm-hmm. and they're very soft, mm-hmm. you know, like yes. those, those paintings were very um, soft looking and um, very beautiful and very scenic. And, and so, uh, you know, like I, there was a longing for me to create something sonically and lyrically, you know, that, um, the way that that painting made me feel, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, also one of probably, you know, we learned so much making these records and we, uh, you know, I always loved like keyboards and synthesizers. Um, but it was sort of a first venture for both John and I, you know, to like really start using lots of synthesizers together, like a Hans Zimmer, Oh. or uh, M83 or, you know, some of these, like, bands that use, like, heavy synthesizers. And, yeah. you know, being a guitar player, it was so refreshing to sort of break away from that and create the sonic wall, like, with these other instruments. And yeah. So definitely can you can expect, you know, some more of that on the new record. Good. That's the kind where you want to... I mean, you can listen to it on car stereo, you know, whatever. But the best way, I think, is to get headphones that are really good <laughs> and just kind of get lost in the layers of instruments that, that you got going on there. It's beautiful. Thanks. And that makes me even more excited for this new record that's coming out. <laughs> You're going to have to let me know when it comes out. So once again, this song is called Golden Light. And this is from Islands of My Soul by Jason Barrows. Hang another me. Up upon you all The old one has fallen down Sit there in the dark Waiting for the dawn To creep in from behind i 
Jason, thank you so much for uh, sharing your heart here on Sounding the Light with listeners here. I really appreciate uh, the music that you write and the time that you took today. Sure. Thanks so much. If you like what you heard today from Jason Barrows, you may go to uh, his official website, which is jasonbarrows.com. You can also click on the link here uh, right above the podcast, and it'll take you straight there. Uh, You can also download uh, the uh, songs that you heard today, which was from his uh, album titled Islands of My Soul. You can download that free on Noise Trade. Woot! Don't we all love free music? Thank you once again for joining me here on SoundingTheLight.com. I so appreciated having you. I would love to have you back again anytime. Uh, If you have some time and you haven't been on this site before, you are welcome to uh, check out the rest of the artists that we have on here. There is great music, great testimonies. Go check it out. Uh, You can connect with uh, Sounding the Light on Facebook. And I've started something new on there called uh, Have You Heard It, where I find new music uh, either from artists that I am uh, doing interviews with or just other new music that I've found and I'm sharing great stuff. You can also subscribe to the uh, podcast by clicking that little red subscribe button and it'll subscribe you through iTunes. You will never miss an episode. Also, every other Friday on 90.7, 91.7 New Life FM in the South Atlanta area, it is the special uh, Sounding the Light segment that is uh, played during the morning show that day. You can hear me and uh, host Pete Shagnon uh, highlighting uh, various uh, guest artist interviews and music. And a lot of times there are artists that come in and uh, play their music live too, which is great. If you are not in the Atlanta area but would still like to listen in, you can uh, go to to the homepage here on Sounding the Light and click on the little new life icon that is on the homepage and it'll take you straight to a place where you can live stream. Once again, thanks for joining me. I hope you have a great week. God bless.